Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. And I have uh, been pumped all week. It's been a big week for me, actually. I came out of some radiation the week before and steroids and kind of this week has been physically a hard week. People have said, how are you doing? I said, well, it's been a hard week physically, but spiritually I can feel the prayer of people and I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit going, you know, I'm with you in the middle of that. And uh, if you are connecting with us today and you've never experienced God for yourself, I'm going to tell you it's a game changer. I believe in things that God gives us that change everything. Right through my life, I grew up in an incredible Christian home and we were taught that Jesus was not a religious icon. He was someone we could know personally. And uh, I remember I was thinking this week, what were some of the game-changing things that really shifted things inside of me? Particularly as a teenager, I don't know if you're honest with yourself, but you grew up in a good Christian home and you're at youth and you've been at kids and you go to school, particularly high school, early years of high school, and you get the wrong environment. I found words coming out of my mouth that I knew were wrong and I was ashamed of. And the enemy would jump on me and try and crush me. And I, I, I literally would go to church the next week and pray all of the, the prayers I could pray to feel free and say, God, I'm gonna be different this week. Only to discover it became a game changer that it's not my righteousness God is looking for. It's His righteousness. We're covered with a robe of righteousness. And so when the enemy points at your weakness, you point him to Jesus and say, as long as I live in Him and I come to Him, His forgiveness is complete. It surrounds me. I remember a message or I was reading the Bible one day again, early years of my life and I read the Lord's Prayer and I thought, wow, this isn't just a pattern prayer, but this is something God wants me to have every day. Give us this day, my daily prayer. And you know, that whole thought today is really a foundation for where I wanna go. I am in pursuit of a breakthrough in the supernatural. Not just personally, I'm believing that we as the church globally need a supernatural move of God. We need God to come and change things that naturally cannot be changed. And so I wanna really share on how we can discover really our own divine supply line. How can we break through into the things that God has promised through His Word to us? Another game changer was, again, as a young man, realising that I didn't have what some other people had. And so I looked at myself as being inferior. I didn't have their gifts. I didn't have their skills. I didn't have their capacity. And I encountered God one day in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. And God showed me that I've got unlimited God potential. I might be limited in my now. I may be limited in my skill set. I may be limited according to other people, but in God, there is unlimited God potential. Because this is what the Bible says. Most of you know this verse, but it says, Paul writes, but as it is written, as it has been established with God's divine blueprint, Eye has not seen, your natural eye has not seen, your ear has never heard, neither has your heart or has your heart ever entered or been entered into with the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. I began to look at that, I saturated myself in it 
And I thought to myself, why do I constantly live under human limitation? My natural ability, no matter how great it is, you might go, well, I'm doing all right in life. I've got a great job. I've got a great business. I'm doing well. I'm really blessed in so many ways. But I believe our natural ability is just a shadow of what God can do when we encounter the divine supply line. Goes on in verse 10, but God has revealed or God reveals what He has for us through His Spirit. It's not a natural transaction. The Spirit searches all things. Yeah, the Spirit looks for the deep things of God. I think there are many Christians, to be honest, that never go that deep. It's kind of like, well, we don't need to. It's okay, we're getting through. And God says, but I've got so much more for you. For what man knows the things of a man. In other words, you really don't know what's going on in the life of a person until you read their spirit. It's your spirit that reveals what kind of man a man is. Even so, no one knows the things of God. Here it is, but the Spirit of God. And I want to encourage you that I believe 2022 is gonna be a year where we're gonna encounter the Holy Spirit like we've never encountered Him. And He's gonna bring us to places where there are gonna be the unlocking of bondages that the enemy has used for so long. The question, of course, is are we tuning in? Literally, have we got a divine supply line? God connecting, are we hearing? Are we giving the Holy Spirit room to speak? Because He's the ultimate source. Again, verse 12, but we have received not the spirit of the world. Those that have a faith in Christ don't live by the things of this world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And I do think it's time, I know for me, to rediscover the divine supply line. I love Pastor Luke's message last Sunday morning. He's talking Like we are crying out to God for for a breakthrough in the supernatural. And out of John 15, he shared how Jesus says, you've got to remain in me. Not just bring me into your world when there's no one else to be brought into your world, but you've got to remain in me because the branch can't produce fruit unless it remains. There is this longing of God for us to come back to a daily encounter of knowing him deeper than we've ever known him before. And I want to encourage you, go go on a journey in pursuit of Him. Remain in Him. Don't just try to get things from Him. Go into Him. That's where all of the provision remains. I think the second thing that I added last Sunday night, if we're going to pursue the breakthrough of the supernatural, it's the remaining in Him, but it's also the need to carry the now Word of God. It's like, that was a great message, Pastor. Yeah, it's not about a great message. What's the Word of God that you're carrying right now. You might be on the mountaintop. God's got a Word for you to carry. You might find yourself falling off the mountain and you're out of control. God's got a Word. God's got a Word in the darkest of nights. God's got a Word in the brightest of days. And that's why the Bible says, faith comes by hearing. It's not being in a sound of a message. It's not with things going around. Oh, well, I know that. I've heard that before. No, have you heard it? Because when you have heard it, you can carry what is impossible naturally or what comes your way. 
And basically, I'd like to say today, again, Australia, here in New Zealand, wherever you are connecting with us in the world, literally, what have you heard? What are you carrying in your spirit? What have you become a carrier of? How many would agree? In my particular situation, November just last year, some of you know the story how we were about to go out, actually out on the water with some of the family and friends. And we had a call from the specialist saying, you need to come in and see me straight away. And it's like, ah, oh, we we'll just go out. no. Come in now, you and the family. Thought, That's not good. I had some scans before. Anyway, sat down with a specialist and said, look, I'm, I'm gonna cut to the chase. Just gotta be completely honest. Paul, you've got stage four cancer. You're terminal. It's through not just your body, but it's in your brain. There are nodules, all sorts of things there. And we're sitting there going, whoa. I've had a melanoma or two before. Never heard, never thought I'd ever have stage four terminal cancer. Today, something's come your way possibly. Maybe not as severe as that, maybe more severe. And the enemy's throwing that word and his goal is to lodge that into your heart. His goal is for you to become a carrier of something. I didn't stand up in the middle of that meeting and say, what a load of rubbish. I go, Wow. What I did do and what Marie and I did do that night, we went home and we prayed and tears were shed and the shock and the reality of your humanity. But the next day, God dropped three scripture references into my head. I didn't know what they represented. One was Psalm 21, one was, one was Psalm 20 and Psalm 61. Long story short, we've typed those out. Marie prays those three Psalms over me just about every day. And they have become the word in our heart. So how are you going? Well, physically, it's been a crap week. But how am I really going? There's a God that sustains. But if you don't have the word, you can have the sermon on the podcast. You can have the notebook full. But what's the word that God wants to get and penetrate your heart with? Because when that heart goes in, so... Here I am in my natural world and in our natural world where, where thoughts are swirling and everything. I began to read the Scriptures and I wanna read again Psalm 20, which is just one of them. May the Lord answer you, Paul, in the day of trouble. How many know straight away things are looking up? May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. You're under attack by cancer cells everywhere. May He send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. It's amazing, even as I look back on that and through this journey, we've got literally tens of thousands of churches praying for me globally. I don't feel like I deserve that, but it's just like God said, well, it's in my Word, I'm telling you, may He remember all your offerings and accept all your burnt off uh, sacrifices. In other words, he, he was just saying to me, Paul, you have said yes, yes, yes. Those things have been noted. And God is rising on your behalf. And the key was now, my heart began to focus on Him, not it. Not just the miracle I need. It's like, God, I'm gonna be in you. I'm gonna stand at that place of your strength. Then verse four, may He grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Come on, when something's saying your purpose is finished, it's like, no, it's not. It'll go as long as there is God-sanctioned purpose. 
Some of you feel like your lives are over right now. Some of you are going, you know what? I've stuffed up. I haven't done this. God says, no, I'm bigger than that. I'm here to step in and to carry you all the way to the end of your purpose. And we will rejoice in your salvation. By the way, that doesn't mean it just happens. Your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Here's the revelation. Have I established a divine supply line? Actually are my prayers and requests being sounded in heaven? Or is it like, well, God just bless the food. I'm not even thinking about the food, but I know I need to do it. So I'm gonna think about it. I should think about it more. How many know God is looking for passion? We had the grandkids over on Tuesday night, uh, Thursday night, and it's such a joy, and we're thankful when they come, we're thankful when they go. <laughs> Gotta be honest in church, don't we? Isn't that right? No, no, we love them. Anyway, Cruz, who's four, he's just a ball of energy. First thing in the morning, he's usually the first up, and I'm a light sleeper, so I can hear these footsteps coming up Friday morning. And Cruz comes, Hey, Cruz, how'd you sleep? Good. Next word, I'm hungry. It's like, mate, eat. Your father's food, look, you're costing us too much, mate. That's why they send you over here. It's kind of, I'm hungry. There was such an urgency. There was such a passion. He'd do anything if I promised him food. You give Papa a kiss and then I'll get you some food. Yes, bribery. When was the last time heaven was moved by your urgency? God, God, I've got to see this. You know my prayer right now? I'm not just praying to live. I'm saying, God, I need more time to fulfill my purpose. See, verse 6 says, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven, saving strength on his right hand. Because some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will be those who will remember the name of the Lord our God. Come on, Nick, come and join me. Jono, who is a key on making props this week. I said, I remember when I was a boy making another discovery and that was that you could have a walkie-talkie that didn't need batteries because there were no batteries back in those days. And so somebody said, get a couple of spaghetti tins and take the paper off them and drill a hole in the bottom and then have a bit of twine. And actually you can talk and somebody else can hear. And obviously when we first made them, we didn't know too much about it. So I would say to my mate, Nick, hey, Nick, how you doing? And he couldn't hear anything. And I thought, well, maybe this isn't true until I discovered later on that Actually, there needs to be a level of tension. And that tension enables me to speak to Nick. But I can say to Nick something like, uh, you're a good-looking man. <laughs> what, what did I say, Nick? 
He said I was good looking, so that's good. Why didn't you say something to me, Nick? He said, you're looking pretty good yourself today. I'm not, that sh- not sure if that's because he wants a pay rise or... <laughs> the point being that often when we find ourselves at distance, this is the last thing we do. We kind of give up. There are many Christians today that walk around with what they believe, but they don't ever get to a point where they engage heaven. And how many know that when you've got grandkids and kids that ask and keep on asking, you realise there's something that can be done if it's in your power to do it. We've got a God in heaven, thanks Nick, who is waiting for us no matter how far we feel from Him to engage, to put intention where we stand and begin to cry out to God to see a change take place. And to be honest, the journey I'm on, God is doing some deep things in me. He's saying, Paul, you've always been diligent to do what I've asked you to do. Even from a little boy, I've always said yes to God. I can't remember if I knew it was God ever saying no, no matter how hard it was. I've just said yes. But what I've come to realise, and I hope you're staying with us in Adelaide and in Melbourne, of course, online and the other campuses, is that you can have diligence but God wants dependence. And basically diligence and dependence are linked. There has to be this growing sense of I am desperate to call on God. I am desperate to say, God, would you help me to understand what I need to do with my children? Would you help me with this decision? Would daily you come into my presence so that you could move? Because again, you go back to Psalm 20 and verse nine, it says, the Psalmist says, save Lord, Then he says, may the king answer when we call. It's not a prayer undercover. It's like, God, I need you right now. God, I'm prepared because I'm away from you to get right with you today so 2022 can see the saving power of God in my life. God, I'm gonna believe that despite what's happening in the world, there's gonna be a move. My cry as a pastor is, listen, we will not win the world with words. We are only gonna win the world we're in with the powerful demonstration of the supernatural hand of God at work. And God is calling all of us, not just to come and sit in church and enjoy church, but to get on the walkie-talkie and say, God, you gotta use me. You gotta lift me to a place where I can make a difference. We must apply the tension to the string. We can have our faith, we can have our belief. And you might say, well, what then, what then really causes that supernatural breakthrough to happen in my life. Remain in Him. Carry the now Word of God. And let me, as I bring this to a real focus, give you what I believe establishes my divine supply line. The first would be this. There needs to be a dedicated dependence. And that's what I'm saying. I'm dedicated to be more dependent on God. Every day I'm going, God, you're the healer. I'm not. Medical science can only go so far, but I'm dependent on you. We're standing in a building here in Auckland. (laughs) God said, I want you to build. (laughs) How could you? In Auckland, see $45 million raised to have debt free and $20 million worth of community impact happen annually. 
dependence? When they come and say, no, that can't happen, that will never happen, a dedicated dependence? God, I'm dependent that you're the God in control. Marie and I and the kids have all had personal talks about, well, if dad's time's up, I'm ready to go. What would that mean to you? How would that feel? You say, well, you shouldn't talk like that. No, no, no. I'm dependent that the God that created the universe has got all things in control. I'm not just dedicated to a God that does what I want, when I want and how I want it. I'm dedicated to the God that heals. I'm dedicated to the God that makes sovereign decisions because he's God. It's amazing when Jesus walked on the earth, he didn't say, wow, that's a cool church life. Look at the building. He didn't go, wow, look at those guys. Man, they have the best coffee and you can just chill and it's real and it's down to earth. And, you know, it's, it's an incredible environment where you're accepted for who you are. You know what he says? I pray as he turned the tables over in the church that my house will become a house of dependence. My house will be called a house of prayer. I wonder if this week we're going to alert heaven that we need God. I think every challenge, I think every step of obedience, I think every response of faith has attached to it dependence. You see, I'm in a physical challenge, but I've taken many steps of faith. We would have never got to the end unless we were dependent, that we would continue to pray without ceasing, stand in the place that God's called us to stand in. A dedicated dependence. What, what do you do when part of the process of the potential natural recovery is radiation to the brain after they've taken two major tumors out? And you sit there with the radiologist, and Marie and I were there. And they have to do what they do. They tell you about everything else that could go wrong. Again, you walk out of that room and you look at each other and say, well, that could happen naturally. But our dependence is dedicated. It's a decision that we make. Some people live their whole lives just dependent because medically speaking, anything could happen, but there's that dedication, dedicated dependence. I think right now, to be honest, the enemy's at work and trying to isolate everybody. Hello, let's not buy into it. Let's understand that our first dependence is him and then we need dependence on each other. Don't lock yourself away in a little room. Make sure that we are opening the door to divine supply. Every time <laughs> there's been something medical taking place, I have made sure that in that environment, I listened to them and I said, look, we'll go with your counsel on that. But I always say, but we have a relationship and a faith in God. And he's the number one that we stand on, but God. So it's not being weird and we don't need that. And we're just going to, no, no, no. We've got God as the base and we'll use everything else that takes place. Come on. Marie just said to me this week, I want to start something called Miracle Monday. I said, what do you want to do? She says, I'm going to start fasting every Monday. And I'm going to believe not just for this miracle, but Miracles. I mean, how many thousands of people could we have on Miracle Monday saying, I'm doing something that I want to do to say, God, we need to usher in a move of God.
Listen to this, Jeremiah 33 verse 1, while Jeremiah was still locked up in jail. Oh, well, if I get my miracle, I'm all in. While Jeremiah was still locked up in jail. While Paul was still under a cancer, life-threatening disease. A second message from God was given him. This is the message. Well, this is God's message. The God who made earth made it livable and lasting. No one everywhere is God. Then he says it again. Call unto me and I will answer thee. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. When we get past the limitation of me and we have this dedicated dependency, everything changes. A couple of final things. The second one would be this, an activated truth. You might say, well, what do you mean by that, Paul? To establish a divine supply line, there is this activated truth that we need to have. My recent journey is about taking God's word that he's given me and standing on that word. Psalm 20, verse one, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary, strengthen you out of Zion, as I read before. May he remember all your offerings. Listen to this, and accept all your burnt sacrifice. When I read that, it was like the Holy Spirit jumped up and said, Paul, you have a right before God to ask for the impossible because you've sacrificed and you've followed the purpose of God on your life and you need to inspire the church. And I'm speaking like a popper right now. Not just to come and sit in church and go, you know, I hope I get to heaven. You were designed to take the truth that you hear and to make sure you personally put it into practice. Is this all right or is it too tough? See, the enemy's strategy is to use your here and now to disappoint you, to distract you, to take you out. I pray that we would as a church, and boy, we've got a long way to go to have everybody that goes, you know what? I'm not just here to believe in truth. I'm not just gonna walk around carrying truth that I get on Sunday. And if I read my Bible on Monday, I'm not just gonna walk around saying, yeah, yeah, well, I'm a Christian. No, I'm gonna put this truth under tension. And I'm gonna be somebody that activates that truth. It's kind of like nothing will change you except the truth of God becoming your reality. And in your reality, there's a liberation. So I began to stand in the face of the enemy and say, you're throwing all of this at me, but you've opened the wrong door, man. Because we're standing and we are living according to the truth of God's Word. Oh, I'm getting fired up. (laughs) By the way, did you know that storms, your storms, reveal your foundation? Yeah, but that happened, man. It just threw me and I'm out of church. Your storms reveal your foundation. Are you standing on the word of God, activating truth? Then you build a foundation that storms cannot rock. Jesus taught it'll become a rock, not sand. The word of God, it's time for us to call it as it is and to move past declaration to demonstration. It's time for us. Bumped into mum in the service here in Central. My mum, she's a champ. 87. Looking for a husband. I said, mum, when did you go into the old people's home? She says, oh, about 12 years ago. 12 or 13 years ago. So I said, 75. I'll, I'll never forget this. 
I said to mum when she said she was going to go into an old people's home, she's as smart as a tack. Her mental ability is still off the planet. I said, why are you going now? She just grabbed my arm and she says, Paul, I want to go early so I can meet the people and I can tell them about Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, get this message. Are you living for something that has an eternal echo? Or are you a Sunday truth person? Are you a crisis truth person? Or is there a foundation where you say, well, if God says that I've got to forgive to live forgiven, then no matter how hard that is, I'm going to go on a journey to forgive so that I can be free. If, if God says be obedient and put me first in your finances, then don't be the kind of Christian. I've heard many say over the years, well, this happened and that happened, so we're, we're not going to be giving anything. It's like you get to make that call, but are you standing on truth, activating truth? Did you know that COVID would tell you to shut up shop and hide in the background, whereas Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're here to live a kingdom call. What percentage of your last year or last five years as the team come would have an eternal echo, would have a kingdom outcome? Oh yeah, but I've got all the stuff going on in my life. Yeah, we all have that going. But I think obedience is reaching our world with Jesus. It's trusting him in every season. This is hard, especially with Marie in the room and family, of course. But did you know I'm ready to go to heaven? If God at the end of the day says, your time's up, I'm ready. Because I can look back at my life, it wasn't perfect, but I've lived. Activating truth. And inspiring wherever I can people to find the God that I know. I can't walk down the street without stopping and just mentioning Jesus in my faith now. By the way, I don't believe it is time. I'm praying for 25 plus years. Amen. Because we clap for the second statement. But heaven claps for the first. And my prayer is don't stuff your life with things that end when you do. But activate truth. You don't have to be me, but go to God's word. You know what my mum said to me? She <laughs> just said it. Last night, I was sharing my faith with one of the old people. I said, you are the old people. And she says, it was just a precious moment. This was last night, 87-year-old woman. Had eight kids, terrors they were. And she said, the lady said to me, I think it was a lady. She says, I'm that close to responding. As long as you've got human earthly breath, we're here to bring the kingdom to people. Come on, let's activate truth. Let's activate truth.
Australia, activate truth. New Zealand, wherever we are, activate truth. Let me finish with the third, a dedicated dependency. You've got to activate it. You've got to dedicate it. An activated truth and finally an eternal perspective. I'm standing back. I'm 62. Mum's 87. My oldest is 35. Life has a range of things, but you know what? This has taught me again. I think I've done it fairly well, but even more. What's the eternal perspective? The eternal perspective is I've got something now I can use to engage a whole lot of people. And I'm praying globally, it's gonna be one of the forerunners to a supernatural breakthrough. You see, Psalm 20 verse nine, save Lord, it's the end of the Psalm. May the King answer us when we call. And I feel like God said to me, you've been entrusted to carry this, Paul, because you have got a global platform. And imagine what God could do with that as He comes through. Come on, what's your eternal perspective? You lost someone you loved? You stuffed up deeply? What's the eternal perspective? I can take that, that the enemy meant for evil and use it for good. Oh man, I've got to stop preaching. Some people have said to me, you shouldn't use the word cancer. I go, why not? They said, well, it's just negative. I said, no, it's not. It's cancer. You see, I reckon you need to understand your opposition personally and seasonally. Oh, so what's your name? Goliath. It's a big name. You're a big boy. Nearly 10 feet tall, biggest possible human on the earth right now. Look at your sword, look at your spear. You need to face what the enemy is trying to use against you. And what you do, you get an eternal perspective. You're not big in God's eyes. Have you seen God? You're under His shadow right now. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I've been with Him. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts whose armies you have defiled. (laughs) And I'm telling everyone, this year can be a year when you get an eternal perspective where you're gonna take Goliaths on and destroy them. Let's continue to stand in your past. And the greatest miracle is when you say, Jesus, you become the centre. Because that's where your perspective, your dependency and your application of truth takes a whole different perspective. I'd love to pray for everyone that's online, everyone in each campus, everyone in the auditorium here that you go, you know, Paul, if I was completely honest with me, remember the spirit of the man tells the man what's going on. If you've disappointed God, you've disappointed yourself. If you feel like you've sinned and you're away from God, let this be a moment where you say, I am gonna come back. I'm gonna pick up my can, put it under tension and speak to God even from a distance and invite Him to forgive me because it's not my righteousness, it's His. If you've never prayed a prayer, it's called the sinner's prayer. We're all sinners. I invite you to pray this prayer with me and if you mean it out of your heart, you pray this prayer, it's the beginning of a life that heads all the way into eternity. Amen. So come on, if 
We're going to pray that prayer. Why don't we bow our heads just for a moment. Pray this with me today. If you're not right with God, if you've never invited Him as your Lord and Savior, pray it out of your heart. Say, God, today, I thank You that You are for me, that You died on a cross so that my sin could be forgiven. And I ask You to forgive me, to become my Lord and Savior, to become my best friend, Today, I give you all that I am. And I thank you that you are with me. In the name of Jesus, amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.